Hello, today is the 23rd of May, which is uh, Pentecost, which is all commonly called Whitsunday. And I would invite you to pray with me now the collect appointed for today. O God, who has at this time didst teach the hearts of thy faithful people by sending to them the light of thy Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and evermore to rejoice in, thy, in his holy comfort through the merits of of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the same Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. On the collect appointed for today, we acknowledge that, um, that we are commemorating God teaching the hearts of the early church, the apostles, uh, by sending to them the light of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Whitsunday, or Pentecost, is a time when we uh, commemorate and we celebrate and we mark the sending of the Holy Spirit to lead the church into uh, understanding and into, uh, into right judgment. So we ask that by that same Spirit we'll have a right judgment in all things and that we will rejoice in his holy comfort, not through our merits, but through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we acknowledge that Jesus reigns with um, with God the Father and in the unity of the same Spirit, one God uh, for all eternity, world without end. The proto-epistle for today is taken from Acts, the second chapter. Here beginneth the second chapter of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, or when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all in together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utter them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty words of God. Here, here endeth the lesson. Well, it was uh, Pentecost. It was 50 days after Jesus's uh, resurrection. 50 days ago was Easter. And when that day had arrived, all of the apostles and Christ's disciples were together in this one place. And while they're there, suddenly a mighty wind comes from heaven, a sound like a mighty wind, and it fills the entire house where they were sitting. Now it is interesting that the word for spirit and the word for wind 
uh, and breath um, in both the Greek and Hebrew, the Hebrew in which the Old Testament was written and the Greek in which the New Testament was written, all are uh, synonymous. In the Old Testament, it is uh, ruach, and in the New Testament, it is pneuma. But as one really doesn't see the wind, one can see the effects of the wind, but one doesn't see the wind. And so, too, one doesn't really see the Spirit, but one sees the effects of the Spirit. And so they are sitting there, and this mighty wind comes in, and there are tongues of fire resting upon their heads, and the Holy Spirit, lo and behold, gives them utterance, and they begin telling of the mighty works of God. But the amazing thing there is, there are these men dwelling in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven. And they hear in their own language. They're marveled at this. They say, wait, these men are all Galileans. They don't speak our language. But lo and behold, they're hearing in their own language. And and St. Luke records the various uh, ethnicities and the various places where the men came from. And they hear of the testimony of God coming to them, uh, not in incomprehensible babble, but lo and behold, in their own language, God has given them utterance to proclaim to the world the mighty works of God. And they are amazed and they say, what does this mean? Now these, these were devout men who heard this, but we're told that others mocked saying they're filled with new wine. They're, they're saying they must be drunk, but that certainly is not the case. And St. Peter later on goes to say, It's only the third hour of the day. It's only 9 a.m. We're not drunk, but rather the Holy Spirit has done a mighty thing in allowing us to bear testimony to God's work in these different languages. It's interesting, the gift of glossolalia, as it is understood, um, when, when when it first began to be talked about, Interestingly enough, the idea was that God would give you, uh, in in modern times, it's only about 100 years old, and I I would fall into what is known as the cessationist camp regarding that. I I think uh, the argument for continuation of that has some problems because uh, it it runs the risk of of bringing new revelation uh, into what is a closed and decided canon of Scripture. Uh, but when when the glossolalia first appeared, the idea was that if I was given unction to speak in Chinese, and I've never studied Chinese, but lo and behold, if I if all of a sudden I begin speaking in Chinese, that is God's um, message to me that I should go to China for missions or to a Chinese speaking country. Um, that has evolved over time among our more charismatic uh, brethren. But uh, it was very much tied to missions. And likewise, these disciples are speaking in words that are comprehensible uh, by these men from, from foreign languages. These people from foreign languages are hearing of God's works in their own words. And they are indeed amazed. The gospel appointed for today is found in St. John's Gospel, the 14th chapter, beginning at the 15th verse.
If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper uh, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is mine, is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I was still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you, because it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Here endeth this let the lesson. Well, Jesus here says to them how we can know or how how his people who love him will uh, manifest that love to them and it will come with obedience to him. Now, of our own strength, we are impotent to keep God's commandments. We cannot do it. But when we have been regenerated, when we have uh, had uh, new hearts given to us, when we have been born anew in Christ, and when we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter who comes, we will be enabled to keep his commandments. Not perfectly. We fall short constantly. That's why we, that's why we must ask forgiveness and be constantly repenting. But we can know that we are enabled to keep God's commandments and live lives that honor him. And Jesus said he would ask the Father, he would intercede for us, and he will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, whose coming we commemorate today, even the Spirit of truth. He notes the world can't receive him because 
They, they don't see him, nor do they know him. But you, the those who believe in Christ, will know him, and he will dwell in us and with us and in us. Jesus would leave us. He, he knew that he would leave his disciples, he would leave his church, but he would not leave them or us as orphans. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Because Christ has defeated uh, sin and Satan and death, we have eternal life. And we will know that God, that Christ is in his Father and, and, and we in Christ and he in us. And again, obedience to God's word. We're not to despise the commandments of God. If we've been regenerated, we are empowered to keep the commandments of God. It's not how we're justified, but that is uh, a fruit of our justification, a fruit of our regeneration. And Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, uh, he it is who loves me, and the, he and who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Uh, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, says to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. But if one does not love Christ, he won't keep his words. And Jesus notes the words he hear aren't just his, but the words of, of God the Father who sent him. You have the, the Trinity, the triune Godhead at work here, and he says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper who he would send, whom the Father will send in his name, that he would teach them all things and bring to your remembrance all that he had said to them. Now, of course, to some of the uh, apostles, to some of those of his hearers, he, they wrote the Gospels. They literally were inspired and were brought, things were brought to remembrance as, as they were inspired to write the Word of God, a remembrance of all, what Christ had said to them. Then he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, in other words, this is a, a gift far surpassing anything that the world can give. But Jesus tells them to let not their hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Perhaps the fact that Christ would be departing from them would bring fear, but he tells them not to be afraid. You've heard me say that to you that I am going away and that I will come to you if you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father. Their natural inclination, perhaps our natural inclination, would be to say, no, Jesus, don't leave us. But instead, we, uh, if we fully love God, if we understand Christ's uh, purpose, we re they, re they would have rejoiced because they would have realized that the Father, who is greater than him, at least in the, in the economic sense, in terms of function, there is a subordination, uh, within the triune Godhead, even though the persons are equal. And so he says, now that I've told you what takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. Christ was telling them what would take place so that they would not fear and so that their faith would be con 
uh, would be confirmed. He tells that he wouldn't speak much more with them for the ruler of this world is coming. And indeed, uh, Satan was going to, uh, he was going to be attacked and crucified when he, from the standpoint in which he says this. But he tells them he, the ruler of this world, the devil, has no claim on them. But, as, but Christ, or has no claim on him, rather, no claim on them either, but he has no claim on him, and but that Christ will do as the Father has commanded him, so that the world may know that he loves the Father. Christ went to the cross not because he was subordinate to the prince of this world, not that he was subordinate to the devil. Christ went to this world because he loved us so much, and he knew that in so doing, our redemption would be accomplished and applied to us. And for that, we may say thanks be to God. So I hope that on this Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit's ministry is manifested to you. And I hope that the Holy Spirit leads all of us in new and powerful ways to love, serve, and praise and worship the Lord and to proclaim him to a lost and dying world. Thank you, and God bless you.